Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to Empowered in My Skin, the podcast. We feature guests of varying backgrounds and lived experiences to share their empowering stories, knowledge, and insights. Our goal is for you, the listener, to fill your mind with empowering content to further empower your human. I'm your host, Inkeaching Waffle Robinson, and founder and CEO of Empowered in My Skin, Inc. I'm an award-winning technology executive, having been awarded Most Powerful Women in Canada Top 100 by the Women's Executive Network, WXM, in 2020. But that's not all. I'm a proud author, an international federation of bodybuilding pro athlete, an inspirational speaker, and viral sensation with speeches that have been viewed over 10 million times worldwide. I trust that you are already feeling empowered. So please listen, leave a review, share the podcast, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. For now, I'm your girl. Let the show begin. Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to the next episode of Empowered in My Skin, the podcast. Today is so special to me because I love when I interview people that like mean so much to me. And that's my next guest. Um, she incorporates her unique experiences as a Broadway caliber performer and masters in performance psychology to help artists, high level executives like myself and athletes like myself realize their potential and achieve peak performance. Having danced for over 35 years, training at the Alvin Alley School in New York City and performing as a triple threat dancer, actor, singer in Toronto, she imparts her personal experience becoming a world-renowned performer despite an ongoing battle with, with Fandima, which we'll get into. And she does all this to help others actualize their own potential. Through her acclaimed neuroemotional technique, NET, she helps clients identify and release subconscious blocks that are preventing them from achieving their dreams, goals, and desires. Now you know what, like, not only do you know why she's in my network, but like, you know, I'm all about mastery and, and, and high performance. After coaching throughout New York, London, Zurich, Geneva, and Mexico, she launched Magic Markers Incorporated in 2020, a one-on-one group program designed to help leaders rebuild confidence, regain power, and unlock their full potential. Today, she is a mental performance guest expert on TV and is the mental performance coach behind high performing executives, performers, and athletes. She currently resides in Toronto, Canada with her husband, Mark Jeffers. So listeners, now this is where you put all of your energy together, your ears together, and get ready to listen to this amazing human, Ayanna. No, Ayanna. Yeah. Ayanna Seeley. Yeah. (laughs) Don't pronounce the A. Ayanna, the softest. You got it. Ayanna Seely. You got it. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, Oh, I love it. I realize I've been saying probably Ayanna for years. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Ayanna, I love it. Soft, soft. I love it. I love it. So to get us started, like that's an impressive bio. And you know, I like my word for this year is self-mastery. Well, last Mm -hmm. year was self-mastery. So it was my secondary word. But mm. effectiveness, and I truly believe we are most mm. effective when we're in peak performance. So you know, but that bio is great, but mm-hmm. there is the human being that's you. So you know, how do you describe yeah. yourself? Like, how do you introduce yourself? Yeah. So I, 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 I can never forget that I am a performer, right? I'm a mental performance coach now, but that is the crux. That's that's like you know when you go back to that inner self, that inner being. 
that's who I am. I was always the kid who wanted to be on stage. We would choreograph. I grew up in Trinidad and Tobago, and we would make up dances, right? We didn't even have the verbiage. We didn't have the vocabulary um, for choreograph, but we would make up dances. And then I would say, well, what are we going to do? Like, I want to, let's go on stage. I want to be, you know, so I don't know what that thing is that performers are born with, that they want to show it off, but this is who I am. This is where I've always resided. Um, I'm a person who is extremely passionate about others um, achieving their potential. When I hear people talk about their uh, gifts and talents and their skills, oh, I did this 10 years ago and, and nothing's happening. Nothing frustrates me more because to me, you were put on this earth with those gifts for a purpose. Like it's so specific. It's so specific to your journey. Um, other people can have the same gifts and talents, but it's not made for the same thing on this earth. It's not created for the same thing. Um, about mental health, extremely passionate about mental health and especially in these past um, couple years you realize you know I mean I think I've always kind of known that we're all susceptible each mm -hmm. all of us right we're all human beings with a brain mm -hmm. in the same way that we have a heart a kidney mm -hmm. you know an arm a leg we are all susceptible to things going right and things going wrong right mm -hmm. and so why don't we speak about mental health and the brain and the way the brain functions and how the brain um uh, predicates behavior mm -hmm. that kind of thing so I'm, I'm very passionate about that um so yeah i guess i would describe myself as a performer but a mental performance coach someone who who sort of uh has this uh duplicity between the artist and the academic, right? Like I'm somewhere in between and the two need to, the two yeah. need to work together. Yeah, they merge. Like that has yeah. been my, my quest yeah. since I was a teenager. Like that. how do the arts and the academia work together? Full so. integration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So exactly. You, you, you've talked, you brought it up, you know, the yeah. last couple of years that we've been, you know, we're going to, we're going into year three. Um, and what I'd love to know, especially someone, um, you know, that's really so aware or self-aware. What has, um, you know, Ayanna learned about herself? Oh, gosh. Well, um, I've definitely learned how resilient we can be as human beings. I've also learned, especially in the past six to eight months, how important it is that we honor our rest periods, how important it is that we honor whatever our body needs in that moment, whatever our, our mind needs, whatever our health, our mental health, um, our self-care, all these kind of buzzwords that we're hearing a lot more now, but um, that it's absolutely essential because we are, you know, let's say in ordinary times, we're all existing at this kind of plane, right? This is a kind of neutral plane where the average person is, operating from of course they're highs of course they're lows but let's look across the board in a population well now we push the stress levels up and everyone's sort of operating up here so you're seeing a rise in you know um people with depression people with anxiety all kinds of things and so it's 
it's important that we know that we can push ourselves. We can, like our bodies can do phenomenal things. Our minds can do phenomenal things, but there's always the threshold. And once you pass that threshold and you've pushed yourself beyond your capacity, it's important to acknowledge when you need to stop. It's important to acknowledge when you need to rest because you've got to bring yourself back down to neutral, back down to that place where you can breathe again, where you're not sort of like on oxygen, where you're not sort of, trying to tread water constantly, which I think a lot of people have stepped into. It's just Mm -hmm. sort of like, I I hear people say, I'm surviving, Mm -hmm. surviving, you know? And it's like, ooh, like that's good. Mm -hmm. But staying in that space where it's Mm -hmm. like, I have to survive. It makes me think of someone who is like being pulled underwater and having to tread water so hard. And so there's this extra output of energy to just show up, to show up to work, to show up for your family, to Mm -hmm. show up for your partner, whatever the case is, to show up for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're, we're using more energy. We're Mm -hmm. using more brain space and capacity. We're using more actual physiological energy. Mm -hmm. So it's to really honor the moments where you rest, not stop, mm-hmm. rest. You've got mm-hmm. to, we've got to, we know that there are seasons where you push, where you pull back and where you sort of stand, mm-hmm. you know, in your mm-hmm. neutrality. And sometimes I think people, especially high-performing individuals, right, have a hard time knowing and acknowledging that it's okay to stop. And I'm actually, okay. I'm actually happy that you brought that up because my next question was going to be on the flip. And when you meet someone who's high performing and rather than saying surviving, they say I'm thriving. Yes. What are some of the things that you might, that might, um, you know, spark in you to just make sure that it's not a facade that they truly mm-hmm. are. Um, cause high performers are used to being high performers. And so mm-hmm. it's very natural for them to just, yeah, I, I would say I'm, I'm like that as well. So I come yeah. to you, let me just be really honest. Let me come to you. Yeah. I've been thriving through COVID and I admit I've had my, lows and highs, but, the, but I, yeah. I, I bring awareness to them. I'm yeah. aware of them and I yeah. have routines and practices and habits that can help me acknowledge them, take the moments I need, mm. but then back right into my thrive. So every time you mm. might meet me, I might say I'm thriving. So what are some of the tools and techniques mm. you use for those folks to make sure that, mm. yeah, they are good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think, what you're describing is a great deal of self-awareness, like a great deal, a great amount of acknowledgement that this can happen. And what are key is what tools do I have in place? What um, routines do I have in place for when I feel like I'm faltering kind of thing, right? Um, I would say many high-performing individuals are not aware mm. that they are susceptible right so it's sort of like push and and so when when i'm pushing and it's not working then it feels like something's faulty in them or there's a failure or that kind of thing um and i think of us as human beings as having you know a each having differentiated capacity so your capacity might be like let's just say for the sake of this conversation, a nine out of 10 capacity where someone else might have a seven out of 10. And this is not to rate one. I'm just Mm -hmm. using it for the sake of this conversation, seven out of 10 capacity. So one, you've got to know your capacity Two, you've got to be able to feel, start to tap into 
when that capacity is running low. And that starts with mindfulness. And I'm a big proponent of mindfulness, of really tapping into what's my body saying to me? Am I feeling kind of like, you know, that kind of knots in your stomach or kind of funny feeling in your legs or tension in your shoulders, in your back? Like you start to feel when your body's like, mm, it starts mm-hmm. to push back on you, like, stop pushing. Otherwise, this is when people get sick all of a sudden and they're like flat on my back or they twisted their ankle or something odd happens to stop them dead in their tracks. Right. Um, So for a person who's not as aware, I would start with mindfulness, getting them to really hone into how it is that they feel their body feels their mind, their sense of irritability. Are you a little more snappy? Those kinds of things to get them to even know to be, even be aware that they're not thriving in the way that they would like to be, right? And then we go into some of the skills and tools. What's your self-care practice like, right? Like what are you actually doing in the moments where you're not feeling quite right? Mm-hmm. It's okay to be to be a thriving person mm-hmm. with moments where you need to pause, pause. and take mm-hmm. care of yourself. It doesn't mean that you're not still thriving. But is right? it possible think- for people to be going through self-care and they're just going through like it's become so habitual yeah that it's not even meaningful but yeah. they'll say oh but I have self-care is yes. that is that possible like and how do we like what's something that you can share today to give people some insight as to when they're just kind of coasting through self-care versus going through mm-hmm. it in a very mindful and meaningful way mm-hmm. well I think you can tap into how you feel afterwards mm-hmm. right So I know in the first year, a hot bath was my best friend, right? Now, mm, not as much. Maybe I need to up it in some way, you know, talk therapy. Like half half the time we're taking care of ourselves. We need to get some stuff out, right? Mm -hmm. We're holding on, especially high, again, high performing people do not think that they need to access care or access help. So if it is that the things that you did once are not working or you're not feeling as replenished for as long as when you once did it, maybe a couple of years ago, because a couple of years ago, people were just kind of starting to tap into that notion of self-care. Now, as, as you say, we're going into year three. Can you believe that? We're going into year three. And so some of the things that we may have done may not work as efficiently and you need to up it. So whatever that is, maybe try something else. Maybe it's to implement a long walk. Mm-hmm. I personally believe that everyone in this time should be talking to someone. Mm-hmm. I agree. Someone, someone like um, maybe your friends or your family can't take it on, but certainly talk to a mental health therapist, talk to a, to a mental health worker or a therapist, talk to a psychiatrist, a psychologist, talk to someone mm-hmm. because I, there's a lot that we're holding in that we don't realize. Right. So um, that's what I would say. I would say if your self care has become habitual, has become routine, mm-hmm. has become just a norm, a normative thing that you're doing, but it's not actually doing anything, mm-hmm. then you've got to switch up that routine. Yeah. You've got to try something different. And I do think a lot of people need to, sort of get stuff off get stuff out i like that talk therapy it's funny um and the time that we're recording this i'm i Mm -hmm. literally met i had a fit session yesterday um because i i want to i'm 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 probably i I like to say that i am really mindful and i'm very Mm self-aware and so Mm -hmm. i realized that i were i i operated a very high level like constant energy and i i also Mm -hmm. realized that 
um, my energy is what I bring into every experience that is contagious. And so mm-hmm. people rely on it. But I yes. recognize that if I'm constantly the source of energy for many, yes. am I okay? Am I really okay? So yes. I'm, I'm, I actually go into therapy, not because I think anything's wrong, but because yeah. I want to make sure that I'm good, that I'm, that I'm, you know, that I'm, that I, there's not, there aren't hidden trigger like things that are just i'm ignoring you know and i'm excited that you're we're having this conversation because i'm like oh my god i'm so yeah (laughs) well in wanting to normalize that right Mm -hmm. so even when we say and i've i've done the same thing too like i'm going to therapy it's like if if we say i'm going for a checkup with our doctor Mm -hmm. we never question Mm -mm. oh is something wrong we just say i'm going for my checkup because i have to check Mm -hmm. how's my how is Mm -hmm. my heart working how's my Mm -hmm. how are my lungs my kidney whatever um but we instantly go to i'm going to therapy not because anything's wrong right Mm -hmm. but i i want to normalize the conversation where it's like i'm going to therapy yeah because you're you're absolutely right it's a lot of it's a lot for you to carry as the big, bright, shining star. Like even the star mm-hmm. needs rest. Yeah, yeah. Even right, like you need to recuperate. You need to replenish. And some days you may not have it all that yeah. you always have, and that's okay because yeah. you're human. My yeah. goodness, like yeah. who's on all the time? Yeah. And these are these are the people that really um, the people who are who feel the need mm-hmm. to be on all the time, mm-hmm. right? So to me, you are in a different category of understanding that you are on and people rely on you and therefore you need someone to uh, somewhere mm-hmm. somewhere to put your energy, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. you've got to then open it up again. It's like, it's like this, um, it's like a, I don't know, a constant cycle, right? Mm-hmm. You're outpouring so that you can bring in other people yes, and I then pour that. it out. You've got yeah. to pour it out. Mm-hmm. Like if, if it stays, that's where people get bogged down. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's come to light in the news recently with, you know, high, a high performing individual who succumbed to the Miss, U, the Miss USA. Um, did, did you hear about her? Mm-hmm. This, um, former Miss USA and she was an extra TV, um, Correspondent. Uh, correspondent and she died by suicide oh no i didn't but as i dig deeper it's you there's no sign mm. anywhere in any interview that this girl could have had had a down day yeah. and that's what everyone around her said that she was a bright bright shining light mm. and she had so much energy and so these this is what i'm starting i'm like these are the people yeah. who Feel the need mm-hmm. and the pressure to be on all the time. Mm-hmm. This is where I dial in and yes, I go, yeah. okay, what's yeah. happening beneath the surface? Because mm-hmm. no one's on all the time. Yeah. It's just not actually humanly possible to yeah. be on all the time. So for me, this is where I want I want to dive deep. I yeah. want to go below the surface. Yeah. I want to go into subconscious places. I want to go to when you were, what what's causing you to believe mm-hmm. that you can't just show up and be. Yeah be neutral and be okay mm-hmm. right what's causing you to believe that you've got and I've, i come from the performing arts world yeah. where a lot of people are big and ah, and shiny there's nothing wrong with that but you gotta be okay just i'm, I'm quiet today yeah. i'm good you, but i'm quiet today it's funny you met me probably at the onset of my journey because yeah. you know i read that book yes. return to love that Ju- julie had um, yes. introduced me to and 
and I did this whole excavation because I was on all the time. And so, and, and the story that you just shared about, about that former Miss America is, um, it touches me because I recognize that when I, what I realized then was that there was darkness inside, even though I was a bright, yeah. shining light outside. And, yes. and I've, and I've learned through that the darkness is not a thin darkness is not, it's, it's the result of a lack of light, you know, and, right. uh, and it's how she, or how could she have had light shone from the inside out, you know, yeah. it's tough, yeah. it's tough. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, it's so funny. Like I said, I had all of these plans to have this conversation, I know, but I, I knew know, that this was going to happen because you're just, <laughs> <laughs> but you're so great. So I, um, I mean, I, I love that you talk about it. And so personally, um, Ayanna, how do you find strength and motivation when mm-hmm. things are getting tough? Like even just through the last couple of years, where has, what have you have had to lock into? Yeah. So I go to therapy, mm-hmm. right? I'm a coach and I need a therapist because I need somewhere to put all the stuff that people are pouring into me. I have a, a big well, I can hold lots of space. But again, I'm human. Um, Like I said, I hot baths with my best friend, Um, long walks, Um, alone time, Mm -hmm. you know, having to negotiate space in a condo with a husband and all of that stuff, you know, just making sure that my cup is being refilled, Um, connecting with friends i'm not a person who connects every single day like my husband connects with his friends every single day that's just how they are when i i'll do a four hour marathon with my with a girlfriend you know <laughs> like that's how it goes but just to make sure that i'm pouring in what does ayana need to feel like ayana mm-hmm. right sometimes i'll just move furniture and start dancing around the, the apartment <laughs> and people are just watching me like oh okay that's, we're doing that. that today yep we're doing that today right so it's just and sometimes you forget Sometimes you forget the things that make you, you, because you're diving in. I I like you, um, like you read in the bio, I dive really deep into my business Mm -hmm. and building that and, and, and figuring out what my voice was in the midst of a pandemic. What is my voice? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. How do I show up? What does that sound like? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and um, so that, I guess that took up some of my energy and time. It was a good time to do that. But, um, but then you slowly realize, okay, things are not normal around us. And so we're all suffering in some way and struggling in some way while thriving. So, um, journaling, Mm -hmm. meditation, meditation. And that's something that I have fallen off a bit on and need to get back Mm -hmm. into because it really, really, I don't. It, in the in the moments where I was a, like doing it in a really really committed and disciplined way, I'm talking twenty minutes in the morning, twenty minutes before mm-hmm. going to bed. It neutralizes that same place. It sort of gets you back to that grounded space, mm-hmm. right? When you get to that grounded space, you're actually training your brain how to go to the grounded space more than it goes to the fight or flight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you yeah. just, it's a, it's a practice too. And Powerful. it has to be done yeah. every day. Otherwise your brain, it's amazing. The brain to me is so fascinating because it's like, 
wherever you take it, right? Yeah. Wherever you take it, it just goes, it just strengthens in that direction, mm-hmm. right? If you worry a lot, you go immediately to worry. If you, if you are able to pull yourself out of worry into a more positive headspace, yeah. and I don't mean in, in a, in a toxic way. I mean, yeah. in a, no, I get it. I almost feel like it's like if your default setting is peace, yeah. Then you'll always find your way back to peace. Back to peace. Yeah. yeah. Where you yeah. always find a way to say things are not good, but they'll be okay. Yeah, but soon. they'll be okay. Right? Yeah. It's a, yeah. That you shift. know that nothing is permanent, that life is transient. So are you. Exactly. So exactly. I, I want to get into, um, I know you have an amazing, empowering story to talk about. And I mentioned in your bio that you have, mm-hmm. you have, you have worked through having lymphedema. And mm-hmm. I would love to you to share um, about that yeah. journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's funny because I have connected for the first time in 25 years. So I've had lymphedema since I was 19. So we're going on to year 26 of having it. And last year was the first time I had connected with anyone with lymphedema, my age group in my age group. And there's a whole community that I did not, I thought I'm walking around with this thing by yourself. I'm an anomaly by myself. No, there are babies with it, young children. Um, and I knew that there were, it just wasn't connected mm-hmm. to them. But now there's this whole community that I'm connected to. And so, <clears throat> yeah, so I was at Alvin Ailey and I discovered that I had this when I came home after dancing. So we were dancing like six hours a day, five days a week. And I came home one day and I could see the imprint of my lacing on the top of my foot. And of course, it's very startling. I started to cry and, you know, finally got some, came home to Toronto, got some appointments booked and saw a vascular surgeon who instantly was like, oh yeah, you have lymphedia. Like it was so evident, like nothing to him. And I was like, (laughs) what does this mean? And basically it was something that I would have had to live with for the rest of my life. And what do you do? You're in the middle of dance school. Like this is not a good thing because what I discovered is um, I'm more susceptible to infection in my lower extremities, right? Because the lymphatic system's purpose is to drain away all the excess stuff, right? Viruses, bacteria, anything that's in your system that's the purpose of the lymphatic system is to drain that out. And if your lymphatic system is not working properly, then you've got this backup of fluid and that is not, um, that yeah, contains, can contain bacteria. So when we were dancing in bare feet, of course you get these little cuts on the bottom of your toes just because mm-hmm. you're turning and bare feet and stuff. And, and everyone's, um, there would be more, what's access to your, um, to your system. And so bacteria gets in and the average person's body will just flush that away, flush Mm -hmm. that away. Well, mine, the bacteria will stay Mm -hmm. and then cause an infection. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I started having to stay, um, out of school, out of dance school for a week at a time on antibiotics, just sitting there in New York city by myself, no family, you know, or like, an aunt here and there, but not like my close family, close relatives. And so I finally came home and quit. Like I quit cold Turkey, went back to school, did algebra, did calculus, um, got into U of T to do computer science. 
knew on the first day that I had made a terrible mistake. So, but pushed through for two years. Again, the high performing individual who needs to get it done, but knew that I was unhappy on the first day. Like, what am I doing? This is not for me. Anyway, life would have it that I pushed through. I start the next year. I get this invitation to go to Bosnia to perform with the Canadian troops. Now, I don't know what, why it was just sort of like, you should go to Bosnia. You got have an opportunity to go to Bosnia, go to Bosnia. So I went and that's when the bug bit me. I was like, Ooh boy, I think I need to be on stage. Mm. Right. So I pushed through for one more year. Um, and then got asked to, uh, take a year off school because I flunked out and I did so <laughs> that's that's a tough place for again mm-hmm. a person who's a, accustomed to achieving but in the same moment I was like but I can dance now right so but it was like well, how am I going to dance with my feet swell back when I was 21 22 my feet weren't swelling to the point that they are, but I did have my, I call them my little granny stockings, but they're my compression stockings. Right. So I've been wearing those for 26 years. Um, and, and so I just went with it. I can't even say that I trusted God cause I wasn't even in that journey or in that space. I just went with it. Obviously he was with me, but I was not necessarily cognizant of that. And as I went with it, everything that I booked I was not required to be in bare feet. Um, Lion King treated us so well and gave me all the stockings that I needed. So I booked the Lion King. I booked Stratford Festival. And so it was just kind of like, okay, so so you put this in my way for me to decide if I was going to let this be an obstacle Mm -hmm. to my journey, to my to my God given journey. Right. Like. I think back and I'm like, wow, you, you really, you really didn't let this be a hurdle. You know, um, it was not easy. I would have people commenting because of course my feet would swell on set after 13 hours and someone would catch it or I'd have like a long skirt. Whereas like, I remember, I remember doing a movie with, um, Carol Burnett, uh, once upon a mattress. Right. And we were dancing and at first the skirt was supposed to be short. And that's always like a point of anxiety because I'm like, oh my God, everybody's going to see my feet. And then they just lengthened it for some reason. They were like, no, we'll just lengthen it. We'll just make it a long skirt. So no one can see, right? So here am I on set and I remember someone laying down and seeing my feet and going, whoa, your feet are really swollen, right? And it was always this moment of like (gasps) feeling so vulnerable and like naked because someone discovered that I had this thing going on. Um, and so, yeah, I've just lived with it. I've managed it. I think being a dancer has helped my feet because, um, you know, the constant exercise mm-hmm. really helps with the pumping. Mm-hmm. And, and I was, I was very good with wearing my stockings mm-hmm. most of the time. So yeah, I've rolled into 45 in pretty good shape. There are lots of people with all kinds of, I know someone beautiful girl and she's had it since she was a baby in her arm um someone else with a very like i think she said it's a hundred pounds one leg right so it's it can be swelling mine is mostly feet ankles like down there it can go all the way up your leg i also discovered that you can have swelling in various areas because we've got lymphatic system in our abdomen we've got it you know 
mm-hmm. all over. So it's been quite eye-opening to meet people like me. It's been quite opening to be able to share stories and to lean on a community. Um, and I definitely would love to have more awareness, you know, um, I know physicians who say that they learned three hours on lymphedema mm-hmm. or like, you know, something mm-hmm. crazy in their whole tenure mm-hmm. as a medical student. So it's just kind of like there are thousands, if not millions of people living with lymphedema. I think, I think it's more than, geez, I can't remember four different um, conditions combined. Mm-hmm. Lymphedema is more than that. Wow. Right. So there, there are many more people living with it than people realize. And I think because it's an aesthetic thing, people tend to hide, hide it, it. Right. Yeah. The shame. So the shame of it. So I think I had my coming out story last year where I did an Instagram live and I talked about it and I, sh- and people who've known me my entire life, my entire life were like, I had no oh, idea. I, I didn't. I'm like, really, really? But if you're, in the habit of wearing a long skirt to hide it or, you know, wearing you, you figure out how to dress cute to hide your lymphedema. Mm-hmm. Right. And people don't know, mm-hmm. people don't know. So um, I think it's just bringing more awareness to it so that there can be more help. Yeah. More Has help it affected available. the kind of shoes that you can wear, for example, since you're so. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, oh my gosh mark just got me a, a pair of shoes for christmas and i had to take it first of all it was bigger than my size and i had to take it back and get a bigger size just because of the shape of the shoe and how it fits and maybe the bigger size might not work i don't know yeah but um usually i have to wear a kind of elasticized if i'm gonna wear sandals i've got these two that are going that are elasticized okay. on top just to give my feet some space to to move to mm-hmm. breathe mm-hmm. you know i tend to wear um, in the summer, like, like kind of, I guess, thong slippers, mm-hmm. just, just so there's yeah, so not too much going on yeah, on yeah, top. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for sharing. That's such an empowering and you're such an empowering individual. I, I mean, huh? I can't even believe we've been talking for like 32 minutes and I was like, Oh my God, I have to I go know, into, I know, I know. so I'm going to go into rapid <laughs> and, uh, and start to bring us, bring this interview in. So when you think of someone who inspires you and motivates you, who comes first to mind and why? Oh, you know, just as you said it, my mom popped mm-hmm. into my head. Mm-hmm. So funny. Because um, I was trying to think, I'm I like, love mama, you <laughs> yeah, right? I love your mommy. <laughs> but my mom is, um, oh, she's so sweet. She's such a, she's such a sweet soul. Mm-hmm. Um, she worked so hard. She became a doctor in the way that she had to work extra hard to get a scholarship so that she could get out of, she's from Antigua, get out of Antigua, you know, make this life, meet my dad, etc. cetera. Um, and then we moved up here on the guise of like my, she gave up her practice in Trinidad. We moved up here with the hopes that she would practice again, could not get into the medical field because it's so challenging when you have studied elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And so she went back and did ultrasound. Mm -hmm. And so, and so I think of, I often think of her 
knowing that she was qualified, as qualified as the doctors that she was working Mm -hmm. for, but sacrificing so much to make sure that we were okay, to make sure that my dad could be afforded the opportunity that he did, you know, that he was. And then, um, and then after they split, I mean, that's a, that's a big thing to have given up. And the entire time she dealt with it, she's taught me grace by watching her endure and um, go through certain experiences. She's taught me grace. Like I think grace in a way that I don't think necessarily comes so naturally to me Um, watching her. I have, I'm like, right choose the high road always choose the high road always if you can um and she's just a lovable person she's kind she's generous she's patient she's loving and those things are strength to me you know in a way that I think um you know, I think some of us come into this world a little more like yeah. <laughs> ready yeah. to go, ready yes. to go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. right. And that's not always that strength. I, but I think it's the, the, it's the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Right. I spoke about that recently, just talking about like the softness behind resilience, mm. right. The compassion and empathy being one side of the coin to the mental toughness Mm -hmm. side, right? You've got to have both Both. pieces because if you're muscling, muscling, muscling constantly, then you're not giving yourself the compassion to rest. Mm -hmm. You're not giving yourself the soft place to land in the moments when you need it. Mm -hmm. And then you can get up and muscle again, right? You've got to have both things working. And I think this is what I literally learn from her all the time. Sometimes I'm like, come on, you know, let's, you know. And then I'm like, that's not always... That's not always what's needed. Yeah, right. Right? And so, yeah, she's definitely um, the person who has consistently always believed in what I can do. I love that. That was a small child. I love your mom, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I feel that. What's a daily activity? Uh, You've shared some of that, but what's what's your daily activity that helps you with your Thrive? Um, I would say meditation. Mm -hmm meditation I think is the number one thing that when I practice it consistently um, and I have that is the thing that helps me to be in the space where I can be my best Mm -hmm. self where I can function and I don't mean like hi I don't mean like that I mean in the spaces where I can acknowledge Mm -hmm. yeah no it's okay Mm -hmm. it's okay it's okay to come down it's okay to go back up it's okay Mm -hmm. but to not be in that space of judgment with myself yeah yeah I love that definitely a book that's helped you with your thrive oh my gosh I haven't read in so long it's so bad um (laughs) oh not bad No, it's you yeah. know what, and I'm about to read it again. The Alchemist. Ooh, have you read that? Yeah, uh, no, I haven't, but I've heard it's really, really good. Will Smith swears by it. By um, um, oh my gosh, I'm, who's the author? I know, I'm, I'm um, Paul. Paulo, Paulo, Paulo Coelho. Yeah, Paulo Coelho. I first read that um, in one of the most magical. It was 2004. I just finished The Lion King, and I was moving to Vancouver to shoot once upon a mattress and all of these, at least I was really dialed into the magic that was happening and the way that life can happen when you allow it. And 
I don't remember how I came upon this book, but that was the first time that I read it. And then I read it again and again, and I haven't read it for almost like 18 years, Mm -hmm. but this is a book that really has shaped the way I approach um, life and the things that I want to experience and how I want to experience them Mm -hmm. in a very organic. I like when things just go, Boom, boom. And, and it yeah, seems just, like they're right. kind of falling like from the sky. Fall together. Right, right, right. right? I, I'm going to, I have to, I, I, I've heard so much about it. I think I need you to, have to read it. it. I have, have a read book it. list so long. Yeah. Reading through. <laughs> but I love that. Um, <laughs> so thank you for bringing that to the front. An app. Do you have an app on your phone that helps you with your Thrive? Calm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So Calm. you do guided meditation? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I, yeah. And headspace. Yeah. Headspace Headspace really helped me um, when I was doing this intensive work with artists um, in LA a couple of years ago. And it was so intensive that I needed to find little slots, like Mm -hmm. little slots in the day, 10 minutes here, 15 Mm -hmm. minutes here where I could just detach and decompress Mm -hmm. And Headspace, I find, is good for that. So it's calm. Both yeah. of those are and really good. And I'm sure good. they went up in uh, subscription for the last oh, couple Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They must <laughs> be like, the roof. yes, we were ready. Right? Yeah. And my final, <laughs> final Rapid Thriver, and it's interesting because you, having you just share that story about coming out, but I'm in, curious, what is one misconception that people, but you believe people have of you as they see, mm. you know, Ayanna just kind of moving through life? Yeah. What does she have to worry about? <laughs> and I talked about this. I think I was talking to my dad. The other, I was like, it's so funny. Related to this girl, related to this mm-hmm. Miss USA, where she is, you know, she's, oh, anyway, that's a different story. It's, it, I think it's hit me and hit many, many black people, women yeah. because of mm-hmm. the way she appears. And so it sort of signals home a similar so thing. And Kasha, to- she's a black woman. She's black. She's, um, she's, her her mom is black. Her dad is, she's a mixed, mixed race, but still, you know, um, but, but that kind of thing, what do you have to worry about? You have it all fit. You have it all together. You have it all figured out. It's like, sorry, what, what, based on what, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. based on your perception of what that looks like, Mm -hmm. because I'll tell you it's a, that's not the case here, you know? Um, and so, that that's the misconception and that I, and that uh, I think people have said that I'm like stuck up or things like that. Here's, here's the, here's the thing with that. I've heard that. And in the moments where I'm like, you don't even know that there's like anxiety going on mm-hmm. and that people have a, an outward mm-hmm. appearance to mask whatever it is that's going on inside. So I've walked into rooms and been like, oh shit, on the inside, you know? But on the outside, it's appearing like you've got a way of whatever mm-hmm. it is, whatever tall, that people yeah, have. Shoulders are back, so, yeah. yeah, and so it's just important to kind of hold space for the fact that we don't always know the inner workings or the story that's going on when we first meet someone, when we first mm-hmm. see someone. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Get to talk to them, you know, get to see what's going on with you. What's your, what's your life experience? What's your story? How's your day? Yeah. How's it going? Maybe yeah. they had a fight with a child right. or a husband. Right. 
right? So that that's kind of one of the biggest, and that's funny. That's one of the catalysts for even me just having this podcast is just, you know, getting into conversation with people. And yeah. you kind of touched on it earlier on in an interview, but we are more alike than we are different through our ex- connect through our experiences. And absolutely, you need to just slow down and yeah. and, and ask a question or two, and just yes. be insatiably curious about what drives all of us to do what we do and be who we are. So thank you. Thank you so much. And and so where do we find, you know, where do we find (laughs) you online? You know, where do we hear more about you? Yes. So I'm on Instagram, Ayana underscore Seeley, um, Facebook, Ayana Seeley, um, LinkedIn, same Ayana Seeley. I don't think it's underscore. I think it's just Ayana Seeley and, uh, and, um, Twitter, which I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to get, trying I'm, to trying, get I'm trying with Twitter. I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> too I see, much to get it I too. see you. I don't know. I see people like, ooh, I'm like, Twitter, wow. TikTok, all this. Right now, yeah. somebody on my team is like, you got to get onto TikTok. I'm like, I know. I even downloaded it. I know. I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough to keep up with, it's but I think Twitter, Twitter's, a, I think Twitter's Ayanna underscore Celia okay. as well. Well, I'll yeah. put it all in the show notes. And Perfect. I have one final question. You know, this yeah. this this podcast came from a place where I just really started to feel great from within. And I always mm-hmm. say this, you know, all of us have skin and all of our yeah. skins are different shades. You know, that's yes. really what it is. But at the at the forefront of it is this casing that yes. you know covers our soul. And so mm-hmm. I would love to know what it means to you to be empowered in the skin that you're in. Mm. I think for me, that would be feeling, feeling completely confident to show up exactly as exactly who I am. You know, um, I find that I sort of teeter totter between worlds. I've got my art, my artistic world, my academic world. I've got my Trini world. Cause my husband is, <laughs> extremely Trinidadian <laughs> but we, grew up, we grew up together but he grew up he was I, I say I always tell him I'm like you were socialized there like your teenage years and your high school years were in Trinidad and he's very yeah. connected and so for me going back into that space is, is an adjustment and so it's being able to be exactly who I am in that space if I'm talking to President Trudeau if yeah, I'm talking yeah, yeah. to my father if yeah. I'm talking to you but no matter what yes, yes. that's what that's what it means yeah. to me to be empowered empowered in my skin I love that thank you thank you thank you this was so precious and you mean so much to me and you know we were obviously connected through you know a very very dear person in our lives and uh I've grown to love you as a sister and so thank you so much for everything that you bring into this world you are truly special and to everyone that's been listening I I trust that you are feeling more empowered and that you've gone clues and tips into more of who you are. But sadly, this is where I have to say, we're out. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> so there you have it. I hope you are thriving and feeling empowered and thoroughly enjoyed this episode. And remember, whatever platform you're listening to this on, Please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else that you think can benefit from the tips that were delivered. As Tom Bilyeu says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. 
It's been awesome sharing energy with you. It's your girl and I'm out. <laughs>